Hi, I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 90 of my podcast, Beekeeping Short and Sweet. With not many more days left until Christmas is upon us, I thought I'd tell you all about my letter to Santa, detailing the potential gift ideas he may want to consider. Stay tuned for some very hopeful gift ideas from someone who thinks he's been very good all year. Beekeeping short and sweet, a beekeeping podcast for the inquisitive beekeeper with a short attention span. A beekeeper, in fact, just like me. It has to be said that our British weather is so changeable. I'm looking out at another sunny morning, but the forecast for tomorrow is of more heavy rain. We have to be grateful that we do enjoy such changes in the seasonal weather. I'm not sure I would want to be stuck waiting for it to rain for months on end. And I feel for those people out there who are desperate for a change in the weather conditions that they're enduring. It's been a very busy week this past week. We've had lots of honey orders to get out. And as we're a small commercial outfit, we mostly bottle and label as we go. Batch processing around 100 kilos of honey each time. I did have a bit of a panic this week with my labels. There were several issues and I had to speak to the label printing company several times to resolve the situation. But we got there in the end and the labels arrived with enough time for us to get the honey labelled and delivered on time. I do hate being late and not delivering when I say I'm going to. It doesn't matter if you have the best excuse in the world. But if I've promised to do something, then I really want to make sure that I'm not letting people down. But we managed to get the deliveries out and continue to push out the orders as we get ever closer to the weekend before Christmas. If you're listening to this on Patreon on release day, it makes that date just about one week away now. I'm heading over to America to visit my youngest daughter Beth and spend Christmas with her and Paul, her fella, and his family. Beth doesn't know that I'm visiting yet, so I'm hoping it's going to be a nice surprise for her. Maybe I'll get a chance to record a podcast and perhaps a video or two while I'm away. But if not, there'll be a brief pause between Christmas and the beginning of the new year. And I'm just amazed that actually I've reached podcast number 90. Creating a weekly podcast has been quite a feat for me and I hope that it will continue long into the future. I really appreciate the support and comments that I get. And on that note, I'd like to say hello to Bradley Sargent and his partner over in Australia, who dropped me a lovely message just last week. So hi, Brad. I hope you're well and I wish you a very Merry Christmas. I'm out visiting a new landowner later this week to discuss setting up a new apiary for next season. It's a terrific location and I'm hoping to record some videos of us getting it prepared and bringing colonies over in preparation for the start of next season. I'm also heading out this week to deliver some Christmas gift boxes to a few of the current landowners who very kindly allow me to keep my bees on their land. Without them, I'd really struggle to find secure locations and it's always nice to turn up with a box of goodies to say thank you. Talking of Christmas gift boxes, I thought today I might offer up some suggestions for last-minute Christmas gifts you might like to suggest to the family and friends around you if they're struggling to think of something that you'd like. Can you believe that top of my wish list this year was a 3M full face mask and filter set so that I can treat my colonies with oxalic acid sublimation in total safety? If you've seen the pictures on social media, you'll know that I've already been given my present and have been trying it on for size. I have to say, last year I used a half-face disposable mask and thought that that was okay, but having now worn a full face mask it certainly makes me feel a lot safer. 
So let's pretend that I've been really good this year and Santa is going to be very kind to me. Top of my list would be a new honey room with an extraction line. It's not too extravagant really, just a small extraction line like the introductory model from Honeypore. Their 40 frame extraction line with a slit uncapper and honey sump would fit very nicely indeed. I've not used a slit uncapper as yet, but it looks really simple to use. Basically, it's a metal block with rows of grooves and is heated by steam through the back. Once it's up to temperature, you draw it down the frame across the cappings and it melts the wax in a downward line, allowing the honey to be extracted from the cells. And it looks like the rows are spaced to ensure that they hit every cell. The extraction line has this at the starting point at one end and a frame holder is fitted to a rail which then feeds the frames towards the 40 frame extractor. The frames get pushed along the rail until you've got enough loaded to start filling the extractor. And instead of being a traditional extractor, which rotates rather like a merry-go-round, the extraction line extractor is set up to spin like the London Eye, only faster, much faster. There appear to be four 10-frame sections that you fill before closing the lid and setting the extraction off, and honey drains through a sump at the bottom of the extractor, and in the honey pour setup, it's connected by a hose into a custom honey sump. Honey from that sump can then be pumped to be strained and stored. Like I said, I have been very good this year, but I'm not sure that Santa's been watching all the time. If that doesn't fit down the chimney, then maybe I'll have to go for an upgrade on my microscope. As you know, we sell Brunel microscopes specifically designed with the beekeeper in mind, and the one I would go for is the SP100 with plan objectives. Plan objectives are simply better than semi-plan objectives in that they have better colour and aberration correction. So, basically put, you see a much better image. Here's what we wrote on our website about it. This is an advanced specification microscope, elegantly designed and finished in beige enamel. The SP range is recommended because of its impressive optical performance as a laboratory specification microscope and its durable construction that makes it ideal for a microscope that will have regular use. It has a build quality comparable to instruments of a far greater price that are currently considered the market leaders. The SP100 is supplied with either monocular or trinocular form and can be equipped with an excellent set of semi-plan or plan objectives depending on your choice and budget. In our opinion, this represents the best value microscope currently available. Add to that that it has a four-position objective turret with a precise internal indexing mechanism. That's posh speak to say that it clicks into position in the right position every time. And parfocal, DIN, standard, semi-plan or plan objectives. And those are fairly standard, so you get times 4, times 10, times 40 and times 100 all matched with extremely wide field plan times 10 eyepieces. The microscope head can be rotated through 360 degrees and has full dioptric and interocular adjustment. Again, that means basically that you can adjust it to suit your eyesight and move the viewfinder lenses apart or closer together, depending on how wide apart your eyes are. The trinocular head allows a fixed light share between the trinocular tube and the binocular eye tubes. Again, that means that you can fit a camera to show images on a projector or to take photographs. But enough of my sales pitch. All that I would add is personally, I think every beekeeper should get a microscope. 
I've had such a lot of fun making up pollen slides and it's helped me immensely, particularly in the identification of nosema in some of my colonies. Okay, you maybe think that you might not have been that good to put this on your list. Well, if you're like me, you know you're always going to want more hive equipment. How about extra floors, brood bodies, crown boards, roofs, and particularly supers, not to mention lots more frames and foundation. The issue here, of course, is that if you order before Christmas, you're probably paying a premium. Better to go for a gift voucher and wait for the B-Tradex trade fair in March when there are bound to be plenty of bargains. Maybe this is where the rather dull but highly valuable gift voucher will come in handy. A £20 gift voucher now will no doubt be worth at least £25, if not more, when the trade shows come around. That said, it's always nice to have something physical to open on Christmas Day. Stuff like smokers, hive tools, or perhaps a new bee suit from BBWare. But getting back to my list, I have a feeling next year could be a big one for my beekeeping. Hopefully a great year, and that means expansion. Do all beekeepers think like that, though? Next year will be the one... Ever the eternal optimist and always planning for that perfect season, I simply can't bring myself to think that it'll be any other way. With that in mind, I have my eye on more beehives. The really big decision comes down to which one. After years of playing around with almost every commonly used beehive here in the UK, I need to make sure that the hive on my Santa list is the right one. It will no doubt surprise some of you to know that I'm probably going to go down the poly route. I've been really impressed with both the Maysmore Commercial Polyhive and the Honeypore Langstroth Polyhive. The important thing for me now is to protect my back from further damage, and I feel the lightweight polyhives will allow me to manage my stocks without getting quite so tired each inspection day. Of course, I could always employ someone to do the lifting, but that's where Steph and Pete come in handy. The difference between the commercial and the Langstroth polys isn't so great, and that makes for a difficult choice. I really like the frame format of the commercials. I've been using them for years on single brood boxes, and think that they're pretty solid for most of my colonies in terms of capacity. That said, the Langstroth hives are pretty easy to manipulate and give just as much capacity. Both have good quality poly density and are easy to put together. I did glue and screw the Maysmore hives, but I think they would work just as well if they were just glued like the Honeypore Langstroths. The Langstroths do have the migratory roofs, which allows them to be transported side by side, whereas the Maysmore hives have what Honeypore would call a telescoping roof. It simply means it hangs down at the sides. This makes the Maysmore footprint on the truck significantly bigger than the Langstroth, but I'm not sure it makes so big a difference that I can't fit in the same number of hives on the back, so it's something that I'm going to have to check fairly quickly. The Honeypore Poly setup does have those neat roofs that double up as floors to allow emergency splits, and the nuke boxes to sit side by side above a brood box and give two four-frame nukes should you want to lift them off and start a couple of nukes. I have to admit, I haven't tried it with the Maysmore Hive and Nukes combination, so I don't know if they work in the same way, fitting snugly on top of the brood box to be able to get brood frames drawn. Something else to consider. The Honeypore setup also has a variety of floor types, which allows for a pollen trap to be inserted, for instance, and pollen collection is definitely something that I want to try out next season. I've had just the one pollen trap insert for the Honeypore hives that I've got, and it worked quite well the first time we used it. But I have to admit, I left it a little late in the season, and the available pollen was starting to dry up. 
So, at the risk of turning traditionalist beekeepers against me, I've decided definitely it will be a polyhive. I just need to decide which one. Of course, if there's a major manufacturer of polybee hives out there that wants to convert me to their hives, all you have to do is get in touch. Are any of you listening to my podcast in the States? I'm looking for someone who might be interested and able to become the sole distributor for a beekeeping product. It's a major product and would need considerable investment, I think. It's not something I sell, but I was approached by the manufacturers to see if I knew anyone. If you're interested in more information, do send me a message via my website. But anyway, back to my Christmas list, and I mentioned this earlier. How about a new bee suit? There can be nothing nicer than starting the new season with a brand new bee suit. And the BB wear suits are right up there with the very best. It still amazes me that beekeepers are willing to spend good money on a few buckfast queens, for instance, and then moan about the cost of a new bee suit, preferring instead to buy a cheap import off Amazon or similar online website. BBWare have some great suits, and their latest one, which I've not tried yet admittedly, is called the Ultra, and has won a gold medal at Apimondia this year. They've even tested it against Asian hornets. They describe it as a high-tech 3D fabric, giving 5mm of sting protection, and when you consider the honeybee sting is only going to be around 3mm at its longest, it should give total protection. I may even try one out myself next year. Thinking ahead to next season, queen rearing might be something you want to try out. So how about adding some JZBZ queen cups to your Santa list? These are almost stocking fillers, they're that cheap, and you can never have too many. These are the little cell cups that you can graft young larvae into. They're so simple, but very effective. If you wanted to go for something a little more complete in terms of kit for raising queens, then how about a Nico system outfit, or maybe the Genta setup? These are very similar in that they use a queen cage to trap the queen in a small area. Here she can lay eggs and these are then used to populate cell cups in the queen rearing setup. If this interests you, take a look at my queen rearing videos from the past couple of years. I show the Nico system in some detail, but do beware of cheaper versions that are out there, particularly in the Nico system. They are ill-made, ill-fitting and will cause you a lot of frustration as things don't fit tightly enough and bits fall out when you're about to hang the cells in a queen rearing setup. Always ask if it's a genuine product and remember, if it's cheap, it's probably not the real thing. Don't forget, you'll need something to raise those queens in, so how about some mini mating nukes? I'm going to give ours another try next year, so they're going to be on my list again. I could always do with some more. There are so many other bits of kit you could go for, and I could list a lot of stuff on my own list, but to be honest, a huge amount of that ends up on the workshop shelf, gathering dust. I did once get some pollen traps to use, but I'd forgotten to specify what hive, and I ended up with Langstroth traps, and at the time I was only using commercial and nationals. They haven't yet been used. Books are always a good option. You can never have too many books, and a trip to the Northern Bee Books website will show you just how many books are out there. If you're just starting out, go for something straightforward but detailed, something like Ted Hooper's Guide to Bees and Honey. It's somewhat dated now, but it has lots of really useful information. If you're thinking of queen rearing, then David Woodward's Queen Bee, Biology, Rearing and Breeding is possibly the best book on queen rearing I've ever read. Whatever you've got on your wish list this season, I'm sure you'll get just what you deserve. So fingers crossed you've been very, very good this year. 
Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for all your comments and support. And if you're not yet familiar with Patreon, do catch up with more of my beekeeping journey by checking out the content list on my creator page, www.patreon.com forward slash Norfolk Honey. Have a great week and thanks for hanging around until the end of the podcast. I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet. Sweet.